Yo, check us out. Chuck D, public enemy. Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DLC, the Diggy Diggy motherfucking God. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, Z-Man. What up, dog? This is Esha. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This is your boy, DJ Paul, KOL for 36 Young Busy Bone. Vice One. This is your man, Matt, mine, the hell razor. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you listen to me on the Murder Master Music Show. and listen to that show. Um, man, this guy, he really needs no introduction, but uh, I'm going to give him one anyway. He's produced uh, for many, many legends. Um, you know what I'm saying? Mac Dre, Sebo, Selly Cell, uh, the list goes on and on. I'm talking about the one and only One Drop Scott. Uh, let me bring him on right now. Let's see how he's doing, man. One Drop Scott, how you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm re- glad to be here with you, man. Man, it's a huge, huge honor. I interviewed you back in the day for the Murder Dog, um, but um, I've always wanted to have you on this show as well because uh, we're pretty much the audio Murder Dog, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, that's great, yeah. But, uh, man, your career, you know, it it really goes back. I mean, you've been in it for a minute. Um, tell our listeners, you know, how you got your start and what inspires you to get into music? Okay, well, my father, a lot of people don't know, but my father is Thomas Rasulala. He was uh, he was an opera singer, and he also was, he was Kunta Kinte's father in, in Roots. He also starred on many, many TV shows, Star Trek, Twilight Zone, uh, Jefferson's, Everett and Son. He was in Blackula. 
he was part of the you know he, he was part of the black the black exploitation uh, film thing in the seventies. He was Cool Breeze. My father was Cool Breeze as well, and he wow. uh, he gave me uh, he gave me uh, I guess you know my my the the genetic the genetics to be able to do what I do, you know. And, but and I started the DNA. in wait yeah the DNA yeah. I started way back in 1972, bro. Way, 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 way back. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Um, <clears throat> what was it like? I mean, Roots is uh, one of the biggest uh, TV productions of all time. What was it like growing up with your dad playing the father of Kunta Kinte in that in production? Well, at that point, my father was no longer in the house, but... Um, being, you know, just being around my father and, you know, learning from him, just, just, you know, just basically what he showed me just in his daily life was what I picked up on. And, you know, he didn't, didn't necessarily steer me toward music. I just went there on my own, but he always, he always encouraged me and helped me with whatever I wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when you were a kid, like, were you in band and anything like that? Or, like, what instruments did you pick up and start playing? Okay, yeah. So when I was a kid, I grew up in L.A., and uh, I wanted to be on Soul Train. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that was my main thing. I wanted to be on Soul Train. I wouldn't even think about playing on music. I wanted to, I wanted to dance. I wanted to be a dancer on Soul Train. And so yeah. I got together with my brothers and and. And, and three other girls, and we got our little routine together. Went up there to uh, to audition to get in, and realized found out that I was not old enough to get on there. So, but uh, I started I started playing the trumpet. That was my first instrument, actually, the trumpet. But uh, I then moved to the steel drums, man. You know what the steel drum is? The steel drum is uh. I mean, you're going to have to break it down for me. I'm not too musically inclined. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, so the steel drum comes from Trinidad. And when I moved, I moved from from L.A. to the Bay Area. And when I moved from from L.A., I was, I moved to Berkeley, California, bro. And this was in 1972. (laughs) And Berkeley in 1972, it was basically berserkly, bro. And I'm I'm a kid from L.A., and it was driving me crazy. I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I was culture shocked, basically. So my like father a fish took out of me water. Over to, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, so my father took me over to Bushrod Park, where they had a steel drum instructor, and asked me if I wanted to learn how to learn how to play these steel drums. You know, so the, anyway, the steel drum is an oil drum that's that's pounded out and and, and and then they make a musical instrument out of out of an oil drum, and yeah, so that was my second instrument, and that's when I started playing the steel drum. I eventually joined a band playing the steel drums, and I was just like 13 years old at the time, and we started playing around around the nightclubs in Berkeley, and in in San Francisco, uh, basically the entire Bay Area. The band was called Salsa de Berkeley, and. Uh, yeah, I played the steel drums with in that band, Jeff Morrell, Johnny Otis, Butch Haynes, a lot of very famous Bay Area musicians were in that band. 
So yeah, uh, that's the, pretty much. I, I know who would have known that answer. Uh, the homie, uh, rest in peace, fresh kid eyes for the two live crew, being that he was from Trinidad originally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the drums, they, the drums is like the central foundation to music in general, is it not? Pretty much. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, being being a drummer, I was a drummer in the band. You know, a lot of people don't realize that I had a whole musical career before I even became a hip hop producer, bro. Yeah, have you yeah. ever heard of the group called Confunction? Yeah, I heard of Confunction back in the day. Um, right, I played, I played, I played with Confunction when I was like 18 years old. I toured all around wow. the country with them, and bro, I finally wound up on Soul Train with Confunction. <laughs> you, you can I check have, me out if you. You were on Soul Train with Confunction. No, I was just gonna say yeah. uh, that had to have made your dream come true right there. Absolutely. Actually, I was on there twice. I was on there with Confunction, and then I was on there a few months later with with Bill Summers and Summers Heat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Surreal. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I started I started in music back before any drum machine was ever even created, bro. You know, you had to you had to you know rehearse and practice and be a real musician before, before you could even step to the studio, bro. That's just how it was. Yeah. None of these uh, Fruity Loops or these programs. It was actual no. instrumentation. Um, yep. And you, you're right. You had to learn how to play that thing, too. <laughs> yeah. It, we just had soul legend uh, Howard Johnson, um, Night Flight, on uh, not too long ago. Um, yeah. You know, that's kind of from that era too. You know, um, yeah. that was that was like when hip hop was in its infancy. Um, right. At what point did you start, you know, taking a liking to hip hop? Well, man, I had a group called I had a group in the early '80s called the Freaky Executives, and I was actually I was actually in L.A. and I was. Um, I was filming a video with Sheila E. You know Sheila E. Sheila Escobedo. Absolutely, the Prince and yeah. Right, right. So, right. I was I was filming the, the glamorous life video with Sheila because I used to I used to date Sheila back when we were just teenagers and whatever. Anyway, so I'm filming the I'm filming this video down there in L.A. The Hollywood, uh, I guess it was the ho- Holiday Inn on Sunset, and I'm I'm sitting in my room and. I, I could see I could see Hollywood Boulevard outside my window. It was either Hollywood or something. No, it was Hollywood Boulevard. Anyway, so I'm looking out and I see this big crowd out on the corner and hell of music going on. I'm like, man, what's what's going on out there? So I look out and I see it's in this break dancing. It's a big old break dancing thing going on out there. You know, cats is out there break dancing. Big crowd and then about five minutes later, the police showed up. And broke up the broke up and took people to jail. I'm like, man, that's messed up. And so, I, me and my friend wrote a song called "I Reserve the Right to Party Each and Every Night," and that was a rap song. And I had a group at that time, like I said, called the Freaky Executives. We wrote this song and we we debuted the song live, and the song just blew up, man. And we actually got signed to Warner Brothers from that song, just from that one song, just you know. And back in the day, you had to play live. You didn't have any 
There was no social media, nothing like that. So everything that you did was all word of mouth. But man, bro, we had, we would, man, I'm telling you, man, we had, we would sell out nightclubs all around the Bay Area, the Stone, the Orpheum. I mean, every single nightclub had lines around the corner for this group, bro. And that's what started me in rap music was that one song. And from watching somebody get get busted on on the corner, that's what got me into rap music, bro. <laughs> now this yep. is obviously before um, "Fight for Your Right to Party" by the Beastie Boys. Do you think maybe they was influenced by um, your group, the Freaky Executives? Oh, you know, <laughs> hey, you want to hear? Here's the crazy story. Okay, the Freaky Executives cut that song with this man named Norman Kerner. All right. We cut that we cut that song in his in his studio and he sent that song out to his, his best friend that he grew up with, Rick Rubin. Okay? The producer for the Beastie Boys. He was trying to get us signed, right? He he's like, Man, I got this group. They're hot, they're hot as fuck. I want you to get the song. So he sent the song to him. Bruh, within a few months, Beastie Boys came out with that song. I I was something about the same, damn near the same lyric as my song. I reserve the right to party each and every night. Their song was I, I something. What, what was what was their song called? I can't remember. Fight for your right to party. Um, yeah, it was off Fight the Life right is Hill album. Yeah. yeah, Fight for your right to party. My song was I reserve the right to party each and every night. So they changed it up a little bit, but it was the same concept. You feel me? Yeah. So it basically pretty much, it was ganked pretty much. Uh, they ganked the idea. They didn't gank the actual song, but they ganked the idea for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The idea because, uh, you know, they might have added their own twist or whatnot. But, Absolutely. you know, you had yeah. it. You had it first, and a mutual acquaintance happened to be Rick Rubin. So that's definitely doesn't seem like a coincidence at all. Man, that's wild. Did you ever get at Rick Rubin about that or the Beastie Boys? Well, you know, here's the thing. Like I said, I didn't know Rick Rubin. The guy that the guy that we recorded the the guy. Okay, we we had a spec deal with this guy over over in Richmond. His name was Norman Kerner. His best friend was Rick Rubin, or one of his good yeah. friends that he grew up with, or whatever. So that was the connection. I never actually really knew Rick Rubin. So. I wouldn't even tripping off that shit, big dog, bro. I don't give a fuck about yeah. all that, you know. Yeah. It's whatever, bro. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, where, where the beast? What, what the beast? What, what are they doing now, the Beastie Boys? Um, well, I know one of them passed. Uh, MCA. Right. He passed away right. a few years and, ago. And the other two, I don't think, are doing anything. If I'm not mistaken. Right. And so you know, they're basically. If they do do anything, they're still living off that same song. You feel me? So whatever, bro. It's all good. Yeah. Well, you kept it moving anyway. You know. Um, yeah. You. Yeah. You. Uh, what, what came after that, though? Uh, like, how long did the Freaky Executives last after that? Okay. Yeah. So, right, the Freaky Executives got signed to Warner Brothers, and that that messed us up because we were our, the Freaky Executives were blended. Uh, funk. It was like kind of like Parliament or something with with a, like a Latin twist to it. And so yeah. when we got signed, Benny Medina signed us to the to the R and B uh, section of of Warner Brothers, bro. And that messed us up because we weren't an R and B band. We were like a 
more like a world just kind of all you know like a pop world band you know it wasn't it wasn't a pigeonhole kind of sound you feel me yeah yeah, yeah. Benny Medina the sound, kinda like actually, the, the sound that mold. we had was the sound that is now it's like now yeah. when you put if you turn on the radio now you're going to hear white folks, you're going to hear black folks, you're going to hear uh, Hispanic, you know, you're going to hear everything. Back back when I was coming up, you had rock radio, you had African-American radio, R&B, whatever, you had jazz, you had Latin. Everything had its own little area, period. And the advent of hip-hop, bro, that blended everything together, man. It blended everything. Yeah. It sounds like you guys you guys had like an original sound and you wanted to keep it. You didn't want it to be, uh, what would you say, like messed yeah. with at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah. The, right. And so what happened with us? We got signed and then they stuck us with this with a producer that you know that Benny Medina thought was going to get whatever sound that he thought that we should have, and that fucked the whole thing up. And we wound up just basically getting dropped from the whole thing because it didn't work out. And that's when yeah. I turned straight to rap music, bro. But I'll tell you what. During that time, right before I got signed to Warner Brothers, bro, I, you know, it was taking a while and the band was, was faltering. You know, the, you have, with the band, you only have a, a window of opportunity to make something happen. And our, our window was closing rapidly. And I could see this shit, right? So I was like, man, let me let me see what else is going on. So... I decided to, to, to make a rap record with a friend of mine, and the rap record was called Surf or Die. And we we actually got signed to Profile Records, bro, Bay Area band to sign to a major label, you know, out of the Bay Area. And it was called Surf or Die. It's called the Surf MCs. And we signed, I signed with Warner Brothers on the same night that I signed with Profile Records. So, the way I did it was I signed as a producer for Profile Records and I signed as an artist to Warner Brothers. So, yeah, actually I started I started my rap thing before I even before I even you know got dropped from Warner Brothers. I was already signed to, to Profile Records as a producer, but I still I, I still rapped on the record. Actually, you can go right now and look up uh, Surf MC New Year. And it's on a it's on the Christmas Christmas and Hollis album, and the album the the album has Run DMC, uh, uh, bunch of bunch of those it, old. It has another. Uh, I think it has Sweet Tea on there. I just interviewed her too. She was on Profile. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, wow, a lot of acts on, on Profile at that time. This was probably before DJ Quick and Second to None yeah. got there. Um, did you uh, do a lot of touring with them, with Red DMC and you know Sweet Tea and no, all them? Not at all. Not at all, because like I said, I, I signed as a producer for you know uh-huh. for the Surf MCs, and I just kept my band, the Freaky Executives, and I just kept working with my band, and then we started working on that album, and uh, I did the album with the Surf MCs, and then they put together, they got another rapper to take my place, because I was actually rapping in that group, bro. If you go, if you go and look up Surf MC New Year, uh, Christmas in Hollis off the Christmas in Hollis uh, album, you can hear me rapping on that thing, bro. <laughs> it's called. You're Surf one MC of the New early Year. Bay pioneers, man. 
Uh, that's yes, dope sir. because yeah. this is around the yeah, time but... McCola Records was popping um, in in uh, Los Angeles. You know, yeah, um, Egyptian Lover, all them guys. You know, um, exactly, man. You know what? I came up as a jazz musician, you know, Latin percussionist and so on. And my peers were, you know, they told me, man, what are you doing with that rap shit, man? That shit, that shit ain't nothing, man. Why, why you, that shit's not going to last, Scotty. Why are you doing that, man? I'm like, bro, this shit is from the ghetto, cousin. I don't know what you're talking about, but the ghetto ain't going nowhere. This shit ain't going nowhere, bro. So what, and I love what I'm doing, so, you know, fuck off, cousin. You feel me? Yeah. And yeah, that's what I told Cats back in the day, way back in the eighties, bro. Oh. <clears throat> that's what's wild. Now the freaky executives, you know, what's behind the name? Um, my boy, my homie that I grew up with, uh, Piero uh, Ornelas, Piero El Malo. Uh, he's made up the name. He's a crazy motherfucker. He just made up that name. I was actually on tour with Bill Summers. When he put that group together, I came home from Europe, and he wanted me to come see his group and, and, and check him out and give him some critiques or whatever. I went and checked out yeah. his group, and I'm like, bro, you got to start rehearsing because his shit was not together, bro. <laughs> so I started rehearsing this group because, you know, I had been playing with Confunction and Bill Summers, and that, man, those those groups, if you ever seen them live, they put on a real show, man. It, it ain't no just... No bullshit up on stage. It's no dry time for the entire show. You're going to have a concert the whole time. So what I told Pierre, I said, man, I'll help you put this thing together, but you got to be professional with it, bro. So, you know, we put it together from there. And I, I fired the drummer. I fired the keyboard player. Hired, I hired some horn players, and I hired another keyboard player and made it professional and got it together, and we got signed. Piero, Piero eventually quit the group. I don't know why. I guess he couldn't take the professionalism, but whatever. We got signed after we quit, though, so it didn't really matter. Well, you guys were before uh, Digital Underground, the original freaks in the industry. You know, literally, that's yeah, the name. We, yes, know. we were before. Yeah, we were before Digital Underground. Yep. But Man, you know, that's, that's to be amazing honest, history. You know, but to be to be fair to my boy Piero, the group was never the same without him, man, because he was the main lead singer. I was like the side lead singer, but he was the main songwriter, lead singer guy. I would come to him with ideas for songs, and he would bring that shit to fruition, you feel me? So losing him was a big blow to the group. It was never the same afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, big big chunk of what you guys were doing was gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, speaking of freaky and crazy, you know, I, I ask this to everybody we have on the show, and believe it or not, this shit runs rampant. Um, just yay or nay, whatever, man, you don't have to answer it. Did you ever see any, like, freaky, crazy shit in the industry, like occult-type parties or anything like that, or being that you were, you know, on different labels and whatnot? Not, not no. Did you say Coke party? Or no, coke no, a party? cult. <laughs> I'm sure Coke parties were, were everywhere. <laughs> We've all seen those, you know. Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, I never seen no cult party, but I didn't see some pretty, pretty, pretty nice uh, after, you know, backstage parties with the barcades. So there's some pretty freaky motherfuckers, man, the barcades. Because I, yeah. I was on tour with, with, 
with the Barquets. It was Barquets, uh, Compunction, uh, Lakeside, just a couple other soul groups back in the day. Yeah. And what was this, the, the early 80s or late 70s? Late 70s or the 80s. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they like to have a good time. <laughs> they like to go out and, you know. Well, Absolutely. I can imagine, you know, you're, you're performing, you know, um, the energy is high. The, uh, the people are loving what you're doing, and, and, you know, why not keep the party going as long as you can, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, man, that's 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 uh, that's wild. No, I asked that because, believe it or not, uh, Scott, man, there's a lot of people who have had crazy experiences like that. Um, you know, uh, we had uh, Russell Simmons' nephew on the show. He said he's seen ritualistic stuff in the offices of Def Jam. You know, um, it's I, I guess mm. there's weird things, and the higher up you get, I don't know, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not that high good up. Good thing so you were done. spared. <laughs> good thing you were spared from that shit. Um, yeah. But you, you know, you traveled and toured with all these legends. You know, what I'm saying, doing legendary things yourself, and then you, you said, you know what, I'm just gonna start producing um, the, the, this rap stuff, man. Uh, when did that really kick in for you? And, and who were some of your earlier clients? Uh, man, Little Rick was the first cat out of Richmond. Little Rick was the first guy to actually pay me to produce a rap record. Um, and that was like oh, in, wow. uh, I guess, 90, 91 or two or something like that. Yeah. This when he was on No Limit? Uh, Little Rick? Uh, yeah. I don't, no, he wasn't on, he wasn't on No Limit at that time. He was out. Of, he was on a, a, a little independent label out of, out of Richmond. Okay, pre 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 no limit. Um, okay, okay. Like, okay. Let me ask you this: Did you um, ever work with uh, DJ Grandmaster Scratch? No, no. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> he was uh, out of Richmond as well. We just interviewed a lot of Richmond guys. Um, so early nineties. Did you ever? Did you ever uh, interview Harm? Harm from the Rich? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I n- never had the opportunity to interview him yet. Um, yeah. But you, you, you produced for Lil Rick this around '91. Uh, when did you yeah. uh, work with Mac Dre? Was it shortly after that, or? I worked with Mac Dre when he worked with us on the Three Times Crazy compilation, the Hit the Gas compilation. Compilation that Hit the Gas was on, and then I worked with him again right before he passed away. Yeah, yeah. such a trendsetter himself, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, I remember we, we, yeah, because when Dre got out, you know, I started working with him right after work right when he had got out, you know, got he had done his bid, and and he came home. He's like, bro, I don't want nothing slow. If I can't party to it, I ain't fucking with it, bro. He he's like, man, <laughs> give me some party music, bro. <laughs> he didn't think of one of the parties, right? Yeah. Yeah, he he was ready, huh? All that time in. At all time. You know. At all time. Uh, did you ever um you know, you you coming up in the bay, did you ever uh have a chance to work with Pac at all or, or kick it with him? Uh man, I, I wish I do wish you know, the you I don't know if you guys know, but I was 
guy tried to murder me in 03, and I wound up in a coma. I was in a coma for about a month, and, uh, you know, I had to teach myself to talk again. That's why I kind of slur a little bit. I'm not high, y'all. I'm not high at all. I'm just slurry. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, uh, when I was recovering from that situation, bro, I had a dream about Pac, and I swore that I had met, even though I had never met Pac, I had swore that I met him. I actually, I was walking, I was sleepwalking through the hospital dreaming about Pac, that he was in the studio with me, and we was jamming out to my music, bro. So in a sense, I did wow. meet Pac, but he he's already passed away, but maybe he came to me, you know, from the other side in my dream. I don't know, but it was Absolutely. real. So I, yeah, I sleptwalked and everything. I was sleepwalking through the hospital. Well, man, we, we had, you know, Bushwick Bill on here, rest in peace, and Lord Infamous, rest in peace, and they both talked about, like, uh, near-death experiences. You know, maybe it was, was something like that, maybe? or Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but, yeah. And how maybe. long were you in the hospital for? Well, I was in a I was in a coma for a month, and so then I had to have rehab. I had to teach myself how to talk again, bro. I mean, I I knew all the words. I didn't have to learn words, but I it's just, I couldn't really I couldn't move my mouth correctly. It was, it was crazy, bro. So yeah, all together, I was probably in the in the hospital for about two month, two or three months. Wow, man! Did they ever yeah. get the guy? Did it to you? Yeah, you know, what's cold is, like I said, back in the day when I first started doing rap music, my peers, jazz musicians, Latin music, you know, whatever, they're telling me, bro, you need to stop fucking with that rap shit. That shit is way too dangerous, bro, right? I'm like, bro, they love me. I'm, I am go to any ghetto in the Bay Area, bro. I'm good, bro. I'm a commodity. You don't understand, bro. They niggas ain't trying to hurt me. They trying to get things from me, bro. You feel me? They ain't trying to, and Nicky can't kill me to get a beat from me, bro. You feel me? So anyway, uh, yeah, the guy that tried to kill me was a jazz musician, bro. Okay, boom. Wow. See, yeah, and wasn't they, even they hip hop. in jail now. Say what now? It wasn't even hip hop. It was, no. it was jazz. No. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But he shoot you if you don't mind me asking, or? No, he he got me. Well, he shot at me, but he missed. But he got he got at me with a uh, aluminum bat. Oh man! Yeah. yeah, and I wound up I wound up with eighteen eighteen skull fractures, bro, and lived. Man, yep. I, and see, that's what saved America. me was I. Yeah, what what saved me was that I jumped into the bay because I was like, man, niggas ain't trying to swim. I'm I'm about to get away from this nigga. I'm about to jump my ass to the fucking bay. And I jumped to the bay in the cold ass water, cooled my head down, and kept my shit from blowing up on me, bro. And by the time you know, the paramedics got there and saved my ass, the you know the cold water was already saving me. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, smart as hell right there, because the brain, you know, injury is swell. Yeah, like you said. Yeah. Keep it from swelling. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man. And that's why I can talk. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Almost uh, 20, 20 years later coming up. Um, yeah. Well, that's a beautiful thing, man. How about, uh, you know, after you, you, know, you had a, a you know, recovery, learn how to talk and everything, 
How long was it before you started making music again? I got out of the hospital and went straight to the studio, bro. They told me you only you can only like do a tour one to one or two hours at a time, man. I, my wife had to call me, and say, Scotty. You better get out the studio, man. Come on. Yeah, I went straight back, bro. Within, I mean, the next day that I got out the got out the hospital, I went straight to the studio. Mm. Yeah. Man, that's that's the love for the music, folks. That's that's what I'm talking about. I'm sure that's great. Yeah, that, that was great therapy for you too in your recovery. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting all the uh, coordination back and all that. Uh, you know what? You know what's weird is. Um, you know, we had little Rick on, and he got shot in the head twice. And uh, he went to the hospital, and <clears throat> he ended up leaving. <laughs> he, 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 you know, they operated on him, and and he left before he was supposed to. And just, you know, I remember, but, yeah, I remember man. that little Rick. That's my man, little Rick. That's my man. Man, I remember hearing it. I remember hearing that he got shot, and we all thought he was he was gone. And, Next thing you know, this nigga's right back. I'm like, okay. God ain't got God has plans for you, bro. Just bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God for both of the both of you guys, man, to be here. Are you guys gonna do are you guys gonna do a project together now or something? I mean you know, that would be dope. Man, bro, I, I, don't even, I, I don't even know where little Rick is. If you want to shoot me, shoot me his number, uh, I'll hit him up. We can do something. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. That would be I dope have not been in touch with him. But, yeah, shoot me his number, and I'll, I'll, I'll give him a call. We'll make something happen, and I'll let him know that you was, you were the catalyst that made it happen, bro. <laughs> hey, man, that, that's, that's always appreciated. We've done that a couple times on the show, man. It's always good to... Be able to create something like that, or be part in it, you know, like a spark the idea. Yeah. Um, I got the homie from France, man. He's gonna uh, ask you a couple questions. Uh, Sin, Sin, are you there, brother? Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, hi, Scott. Hello. Hi. Uh, How are you doing? We... Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Hi, legend. What was called? Your legend is in the bay. Ah, uh, sure. Um. Can you tell us about the the songs Sicano uh, Fan get um get you played along Tony Capone or for the album Second Shapes of Treat I'm Crazy? It has a, a very dope song. Can you tell us about about this one? Which 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 song are you talking about? Oh, uh, I talk about Sicarofa and again um Sicarofa, yeah, Sicarofa. Yeah, that that's a good yeah. song right there. Yeah, um well I I created that song with I forgot the producer's name, it was me and me and another producer from East Oakland. I I've forgotten his name by now, but that was a collaboration. Um good times. I mean I am not quite sure which one to tell you about it. Really, man, the music speaks for itself. <laughs> I can't I can't say anything else but give you the music and let you listen to it and that's what it is. Yeah, and how it was to to work with Tony Capone because he was on the album too. Bro, I he has to say that again because it was hard for me to understand the accent. It's kind of thick. Ah, so how it was to to work with uh, Tony Capone? Oh, oh, Tony Capone. Tony Capone. Yeah. yeah. 
That's my man, yeah. Tone Capone. Uh, me and Tone Capone go all the way back to the surf MCs. Like I was telling, like I was saying before, I had a group called the Surf MCs, and when I got signed to Warner Brothers with a different group, Tone Capone actually came into the Surf MCs and became the the DJ for that group. He was the DJ before he was a producer, and I knew him as the DJ before he became a producer. And uh, so, you know, when Tone decided decided he was going to start producing, the first person that he called was me, because <laughs> he needed he needed to take his samples and get them in tune with his baseline or whatever. And he didn't he didn't know anyone else that could make a sample be in the right key as whatever other samples. Because back in the day with hip hop, you would combine different samples together and make one whole sound. And when Tone was trying to combine these different samples together, he wasn't sure how to get the, the samples to be in the right key together. So he would call me up and have me come over there and help him out. And yeah, me and Tone started working on a lot of songs together after that. Yeah. Also, M- Mike Dean was uh, on the mix for his album. Uh, do you see him with him uh, to work with him at this time? Mike Dean. Mike Dean, yeah, he's yes, a great, great producer. Great, he's a great guitar player. Great musician. Yeah. I only worked with Mike Dean a little bit because. Actually, Mike Dean mixed on uh, uh, Keep It On The Real. Actually, no, he mixed on Second Chip's album. And really, Mike yeah. Dean's connection with Tone Capone came through Scarface and uh, 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 rap lot Records. So, you know, Mike Dean wasn't really, I wasn't really connected too heavily with Mike Dean. It was more Tone Capone and Mike Dean connected together. Yeah. You can say the, as one of the originators of the mob song along uh, Studio Town, Mike Mosley, DJ Darrell, I thought you who started the, the, the mob song. It was Studio Town, maybe? Studio Town that started the mob sound? Yeah, did he start the mob uh, uh, the mob sound in the Bay? Yeah. Ah, um, bro. <clears throat> Sam Bostic, maybe? Uh, you know what? I mean, I guess I, I don't. I can't really say. I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's it's all music. I mean, I I really don't know what the mob sound is. People say mob sound, this sound, that sound. Man, I just make music, bro. Y'all call it what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. You, you, you got, got a drop song, so yeah, it was Booyah with uh. Placebo till my casket drops. It was a oh, classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, right yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about this one? How you produce this one? You got a, a smooth vibe on it. It was booyah, crazy shit. <laughs> oh man, uh, to be honest with you, brother, I, I, I appreciate that you like that. My favorite song that <laughs> I did with Sebo was Three Six Five. My trait, me and my Three Sixty Five. It's a song. Um, excuse me. Yeah. It was a song that he wrote in in the third person of a gun, like you know, the gun was was was, was the uh, the character in the song. So he was speaking, he was speaking from the 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 uh, aspect of a gun talking to you. That was my favorite song that I ever did with Seba. But uh, 
Yeah, as far as the game, too. As Booyah, go ahead, go ahead. Now you just deadly game too. So same album. Oh yeah, deadly. Oh deadly game, man. Boy. Deadly game. That game. That <laughs> song was the first song to ever get someone arrested, bro. Yeah, because yeah, it was. It revoked because of the lyrical right? content. Yeah, bro. Yeah, because of the lyrical content on the song, the the DA arrested him for what he said on that song, man. Yeah, and that lucky. that song is a classic, bro. That beat is so hot, for sure. bro. The first time I heard that beat away from the studio, I was I was working I was working with somebody in Hunters Point. I think it was Juice in Hunters Point, and someone came around the corner banging it banging it out their car, and I heard it and I'm like, wait, 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 that sound like me? Oh, wait a minute, oh that is me, man. I was Juice. That thing sounded so good. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, that, you that, that caused a lot of controversy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you didn't went up so yeah. so far. We get streets of Lil Rick as well. Young G, it's a deep song too for Lil Rick. Uh, I'm not sure yeah, about Young yeah. G. What about Young G? Yeah, but as a song, yes. I, I I didn't do I didn't do the that, is that a song that I did for Cebo? It's called Young G. Or now he's I don't talking, know. He's, Rick. He's Rick. talking about Little Rick no. Wicked Little Streets Rick. now. Yes sir. Oh Wicked <laughs> yeah. Streets, Little Rick, yeah, yeah man, that that's yeah, some yeah. classic music that I did for him. Yeah, that sure. that was like the first off the Little Rick the Wicked Streets. That's the first rap shit that I ever really did, bro, for real. Man, it's classic. I, I was listening to it the other day. I was like, man, I was on one right there, boy. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, classic. It's history. You know, um, hey, Lil hey, Rick is hey, uh, well-known. Hey, what's your homie name from, from France? What's your name, bro? Uh, Sin. His name's Sin. 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 Hey, let me ask I, you, Sin. Have, I, you I, ever, have you ever heard of the yeah. drummer, the musician called Manu Kache? Yeah, of course. In France. You heard of Manu yeah, Kache? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I heard. I played, listen. Yeah, I heard. I played, I played oh, in a group oh, with Manu Kache. Oh, no, I don't know him, yes. Crazy. Listen to him. Stop. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> yeah, I know about him, yes. Manu okay, Kache. I played, yeah. I played in a group with Manu Kache. You could go on YouTube. Okay, right. And and look up Ryuichi Sakamoto live heartbeat tour in Japan, and you will see me playing with Manu Kache live, bro. Okay, man. Dope. I would see this. That's my man. Manu Kache, I love that boy, man. I, me and him were good, good friends on the road, man. Good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Your musical uh, sin. Thank you, brother. Um, your music history, yeah. uh, it, it, it goes back, man. I want to talk a little bit about that Deadly Game uh, again, though, real quick. Like you said, Sibo was the first guy actually arrested. Now, two live crew, yeah. they were arrested for performing indecency in public or something right. at that time, but no one was ever arrested for lyrics before. Um, right, that, yeah. Did they, uh, uh, when they arrested him, you know, um, 
That was insane, man. What was uh, I mean, what was he like during that time? Was he um, trying to fight it, or were they coming after you about it, or? Nah, I, no, I didn't. I didn't. I no, no blow back, no blowback toward me at all. But Sibo, I think he did have to sit down for like a month or two. But yeah, Which was um, yeah, crazy. It was crazy, you but know, he, he was he got him on MTV and he sold a lot more records because of that shit, though. <laughs> so <I'll get> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. You feel me? Definitely, man. Yeah, yeah, but you, um, you know, since you know you've been uh, putting out a lot of music since, man. Um, what can we look forward to you from uh, from you in the future, brother? Hopefully, we you know I just did some stuff with Kick Sneak, and hopefully that'll be dropping pretty soon. Um, I. You know, his daughter is a singer. His daughter named Kennedy is a great singer, and I've been working on some music with her as well. She's an up-and-coming artist. She actually hasn't dropped anything yet, but I guess the first thing that she will drop will be something that I'm working on on her with. Um, you know, I'm working with Bill Summers out of, out of New Orleans. Uh, we have a, this woman named High Heel Dula. She's, man, dope, dope, dope lyricist, dope, poetic. And she's really nice. I'm also doing some stuff out in New Orleans um, with this group called Club Kid. We, we're a nonprofit where we, you know, we get together with kids from the area, them all about music and about how to make money in the music field. You know, teach them how to come to the studio, and make a record, teach them how to put the record out, teach them how to, you know, uh, get on their social media game and advertise their thing. You know, give them the game on how to make money in in, in this field. That's really what I'm doing right now. Also, I have, also have a, another artist named Malia. She's out the Bay Area. She's coming up, and you'll hear from her very soon. So it sounds like you're staying pretty busy. That's what's up. Um, yeah, got to. That's all I do. That's all I can do. Definitely. Definitely, man. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, if people uh, want to get at you for production, man, what's the best way? Uh, find me on Instagram or Facebook, uh, One Drop Scott or Drop Scott on uh, Facebook, One Drop Scott on Instagram, or hit you up and they can get you can pass on the information from me, bro. Definitely, definitely, man. I really appreciate it. One of the tracks, one of my favorite tracks you ever did was um, it's going down, Selly Cell. Um, yeah. Man, what was it like working with him? Man, Selly, he just, he's hella cool, you know, just laid back, just like his persona, just hella cool, um, you know, actually, they came in, the song is a Keith Sweat song, you know, that song is a replay of the Keith Sweat, Keith, Keith Sweat joint, and uh, they came in, was like, man, we want to do this, redo this song right quick, so I listened to it, and chopped it, and made him change it up a little bit, and did that thing. E forty was in the room with us, and you know it's funny because the whole Fashizi thing that came from the three times crazy camp, bro. Your boy Spencey was the one that came to the studio with all that. Actually, Sully Cell, Spencey, and E forty, everybody was in the room. Spencey came in. He had just was hanging out with this guy named Mad from West Oakland, who basically was the guy that came up with the whole Fashizi, Easy Sheezy, whatever thing, and Fancy came in, was going crazy with it, bro. And E40 overheard it and was like, man, 
Next thing you know, E40 came out with the shit on the song, bro. Then boom, now now you got now you got uh 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 Snoop Dogg using it, and this nigga put the L on it after I already nigga I had I was the one to put the L on the Fishizi because me I'm the first guy cousin. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, say that. There's a little, yeah. a little uh, language history for us, man. Language for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, E40, that's the slangiest brother right there, man. He be coming with him all day long, but he be her ear, her ear hustling as well to get some of that. Because that's what you got to do. You got to ear hustle to get the slang. You feel me? You got to listen to what's going yeah, on around the you. Bay is you figure out, different, you figure out uh, what's language. <laughs> different language yeah. in the back. That's why the loonies had that uh, little dictionary thing in the insert of the uh, Operation Stackola. Uh, no, that's wild, man. Uh, hey, man, bro, 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 my best, bro, man. bro. Yeah, yeah, I will. Hey, bro, this is how old I am, bro. Check it out. After I had been in L.A., I'm, I'm sorry, after I had been in the Bay Area for a while, I went back down to, to, to L.A. to visit some of my friends. And I was using hella. And it was like, hella? Hella? What's yeah. hella? What, what, why are you saying hella? <laughs> we started hella way, way, way back in the 70s, bro. I always say yep. that on the That's show, it. man. That shit's hella dope. <laughs> Go back <laughs> in the archives. That, I mean. that yeah. came way back and that started way back in the way back days, bro. Wow. And like wow, I said, when I when I go to when I would go to LA and use Hella, they was like, man, what 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 what? It was some new <laughs> shit to them. <laughs> man, that's what I'm talking about. No, man, I I interviewed Kika um, for the cover of Murder Dog, man, and um, you know, um, a couple years back, you know, he got uh, shot a few times actually. He's a survivor yeah. too, man, just like you and Little yeah. Rick, man. You guys are all survivors yeah. out there in the Bay. Um, yeah. So definitely want to give positive vibes to him. And you said his daughter's doing music now too, huh? So we can look forward to that. Yeah. Look so, forward to. It. She's dope singer, man. Dope singer. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, uh, yeah. and we're gonna get out of here. Um, and uh, before we do, though, I want to give you the floor, man. Uh, if you want to give any shout outs or anything, man, it's it's all yours, bro. Oh well, I want to give a shout out to the most honorable MH. Give a shout out to the Thug Lords, Mad Max, my boy, all my folks up in the Bay Area. I love all y'all. My wifey Fumi, and you know and that's that's pretty much it, man. And my granddaughter Simone and my stepson Damian. Love y'all. Y'all stay safe. Man, thank you, brother. It was real good talking to you, man. And learning some history tonight. Really appreciate it. Hopefully, we can do it again in the future. Um, Man, because it's going down. I don't know, bro. Whenever. It's going down.
down the notch, you know I got to go get fitted. Hit the mall to get it, then I stop to get my hair twisted up in ponytails and sell a bill back to the grain and let my people know you know what's going down tonight, man. We living. I got the 411 on the bumping. We riding with some heaters if they funk and then we dumping. I'm slumping in the meantime. My speakers are jumping up out they box. I see these drives using man, they sprung on my Shirley locks. Uh, made the block and they was all up on my bumpers trying to pull me over. But now I get to nothing when I'm sober. Hit the gas and smoked it up, smashed off a Maui. Been the corners laughing cause I left their car cloudy. Went to my partner house and they was posted splitting Vegas. Bet $5 a game on Madden 95 on Sega. Stacking out the room, fools laying on the ground. They better have some shit back cause tonight is going down. Now we slamming bones Up in my hood it's on We make a casino up out your home Head up, I sit some damn fast But they stash yelling Stand up when you pass Turn over your bones and give me your cash I hit the step With the money I want to give me your photo A double O on the scene I'm an OG on the ink for show I get twisted up and not spurred Straight sloppy Prize readers on my nuts And haters wanna mock me Can't understand how deep I get When I spit this real on real to real Straight up out the hills Doing a minute with your steel toe Boots stomping, bobbing my head To the womp and get my knees dirty When I'm stinging them on the dice for Thompson Side betting Lil Joe in the duck Now watch me grow I let them go and watch that double deuce Lock up a show I talk bad and clown Walking around and looking my round Snatching my monkey up off the ground Cause tonight is going down Smashing cause I'm tight, y'all Check to see if the tech was on The passenger seat, I need some heat The only way I'm a creep Late night, through these faulty streets Been the block and seen a whole crew On the counter, smelling that aroma Talking about the bumping, coming up on the Super bad, something cool You know how we do it Touch them with some game and fill them with some do it fluid We get the shows about 30 players belling in Give me some tea and be some Hennessy and Seagram's gin Lemon squeeze, but no chasing food, we straight lacing. Jump in the mob and punch it till the buffers players racing. We pulled up and see you posted outside, get me gone. I'm in the zone, ready to take me something home. Water wall breeders, top notch, this maintenance going down. At this bump I found, tonight fool is going down.
Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.